the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast that I pray is being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. We're sharing a powerful message with you that's called being imitators of Christ. Each and every one of us who have been born again have been given an admonition and an invitation by God to imitate Him so that we can be successful at imitating Him. God gave us an example to follow of someone who successfully imitated Him. Y'all already know that somebody is Jesus Christ. Jesus was the example provided to us by God to help me and you imitate him like he wants us to do so that we can represent him and Jesus like we're supposed to do. We're to conform ourselves to Jesus' example of how we're to live, how we're to think, and how we're to act now that we become sons of God. Jesus is the example that the Father gave us, his blood-bought church to follow. If we successfully imitate Jesus, we'll successfully imitate the Father. Then we'll live the blessed life that God wants us to live and we'll be the blessing that he wants us to be, inspiring others to live life just like you and me. So, without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Being Imitators of Christ. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Now that you're in Christ, now that you're my church, then I expect you to live like you my church, and, and so that you can have pure religion. The word religion, second definition, means an expression of a person's devotion to God. The word religion also, second definition, means an expression of a person's devotion to God. That if we're devoted to God, we'll have religion. If we're devoted to God, we'll have religion. We'll have a pure religion. But if we're not devoted to God, we'll still have religion. It just won't be a pure religion. Because you're always a religious person. Because you always demonstrate your devotion to God, no matter what you do. Because it'll always be an extension of your religion. God wants you to be religious. He wants you to have a pure religion, a clean religion that represents him. Well, what kind of religion will represent him? What kind of thing that we do will demonstrate that we're really locked in with God like we're supposed to? Well, there's not just one thing. There's two. He said, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. Number one, to visit the fatherless and the widows, which means take care of other people, look out for other people, come through for other people. Be a blessing unto other people. Because remember, he said in his word, praise God, that I will make you a blessing. That's the ultimate end of the thing is to make you a blessing. A lot of us just want to be blessed. God says, I will bless you and and I will make you a blessing. The ultimate end is to be made a blessing. Because God ain't just blessing you to be blessed. God's blessing you to be a blessing. And so if you got a pure religion, you'll be that blessing. Are you listening to me up in here? Because pure religion and undefiled before God is to visit the fatherless and the wilderness in their affliction. And number two, to keep himself unspotted from the world. 
which means that's another way you demonstrate your devotion to God is to keep yourself unspotted from the world. That's another way that you show that you live a life that's in observance and adherence to a particular set of beliefs and practices is that you keep yourself unspotted from the world, that you don't allow yourself to get filthified, dirtified, jacked up by the world, that you don't allow yourself to get all tangled up in, caught up in the middle of this world, that you don't do that because that's a demonstration of your religion, that you have a pure religion. Because if you don't have a pure religion, you'll have a religion that tell you it don't matter what you do. But the devil is a lie. It does matter what you do because God wants you to stay pure. I say God wants you to stay pure and unspotted from the world. In fact, he told you to keep yourself. That word keep once again means to guard from loss or injury, to guard from loss or injury. That's God's intention for you. He wants you to guard yourself from loss. He wants you to guard yourself from injury because every time we allow ourselves to get in this world, it deteriorates our ability to step into the fullness of what God has in store for me and you. It reduces how much it is that we'll have opportunity to receive as a result of what we do. Are you listening to me up in here? Hallelujah. I could have hired you and had intention to promote you and do great things with you. But if you keep not showing up like you're supposed to, keep not doing what it is you're supposed to do, won't be long that you're going to be through. But it wasn't going to be because I didn't extend it to you called grace. It isn't because I didn't extend it to you called grace. But it's because you didn't do what you're supposed to do, call obedience. Are you listening to me up in here? Because your disobedience can nullify the grace of to manifest in your life like you're supposed to, which means that's why you don't frustrate the grace by doing outside of what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to live up to what God intends for you. Are you listening to me up in here? God intends you to keep yourself unspotted from the world, to protect yourself from injury and protect yourself from loss. Because when you don't do what you're supposed to do, it can injure you and it can cause loss to manifest in you. Is anybody hearing me up in here? I said, is anybody hearing me up in here? God wants you to keep yourself from being unspotted from the world. That word unspotted means unblemished. That's both physically and morally. Unblemished. That is both physically and morally. From what? From the world. Now that word world right there is not talking about the world that twirls. It's not talking about that one. This is the word cosmos in the, in the Greek. Cosmos. K-O-S-M-O-S. And it means orderly arrangement. It means orderly arrangement. In other words, it's the world from which God delivered me and you. And the things that that world does and the way it conducts itself to. It's the things that God, it's it's that world from which God delivered me and you. And it's the things that that world does and the way it conducts itself to. Because this world system, that's what it's talking about, the world system. This world system is not of God. I said this world system is not of God. God has no intention for a man to marry a man and a woman to marry a man. But the world system tell you that it's okay. Hallelujah. Don't get mad at me while I teach real good. Praise God. God, God, God has no intention for some of this stuff to be going on. But the world system say it's all right for it to be going on. But that's the world. That ain't God. Are you listening to me up in here? And God says, I don't want you, the one that I delivered, to become spotted by the world in which you live in. See, we can be in a world but not of a world. We can be in the world, which means that's where we are located at this particular time, but we're not of the world. The word of means deriving your origin from. We don't derive our origin from the world and the world system. We derive our origin from God. And because we derive our origin from God, we act like God and we do what God do. Regardless of what the world doing, we do what God wants us to do. That word of also means deriving your direction from. We derive our direction from God. We don't derive our direction from the world. 
So it's irrelevant what public opinion is. We don't want to know public opinion. We want to know the fact of the word because it's the word that we heard that we operate our lives according to too. Well, everybody else doing it. Well, the Bible said, let everybody, let God be true and every man a lie. And so you can either follow a lie or you can do what God said do. But we've been delivered from the world. That's why we don't do it too. The word of also means deriving our strength and power from. We don't derive our strength and power from the world. We derive our strength and power from God. God is the glory and the lifter of our head. God is our salvation. God is our peace. He's the rock of our salvation. We, have, we, we, we got our minds fixed and focused on him. We, psst, we don't care nothing about what the world doing. But I'm talking about how the church is supposed to be doing. But most of the church is concerned about what the world doing. To the point that they'll even put the world in the pulpit and be able to talk to the people too. Hallelujah. They'll put the world in the pulpit and come and talk to the people too. Oh, yes, they will. I know, I know, I know, I know what I'm talking about. Praise God. Or preach the world stuff in the pulpit rather than what God has to say. But that ain't going to happen up in here, up in here, up in here. Ain't no pig going to be on the altar, not in God's house. Are you listening to me up in here? Swine ain't divine. It ain't going to be on the altar at no time. Is anybody hearing me up in here? God delivered us from the world system. I said God delivered us from it. When he's talking about unspotted from the world, he's talking about the world from which he delivered me and you and the things that the world does and the way it conducts itself too. So if he delivered us from that, then we ain't supposed to be all up in that. If he delivered us from that, we ain't supposed to be all up in that. He wants to keep us unspotted from that. Turn to 1 John chapter 2. I'll show you. Praise God. You know I got scripture after scripture to what I'm going to tell you. Praise God. 1 John chapter 2. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Of course, this right here is where John, the apostle of love, praise God, was writing about relationship with the one above. This is, that's why it's called the epistle of the fellowship of, of, of love and truth. It's the epistle of the fellowship of love and truth. How do you conduct yourself in fellowship with love? And how do you conduct yourself in fellowship with truth? It teaches you about it. First John chapter 2. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. We'll start reading in verse 14. It says, I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I've written unto you young men because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you. And ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. He said, if any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. Wow. See, as children of God, who imitate Christ, we don't love the world like others love the world. We don't love the world like others love the world. Now, they love the world. We don't love the world like they love the world. They love the world. We don't love the world like they love the world. Because the love of God is what causes us to not love the world. Because you can't do both. It's like sitting and standing, riding and walking. You can't do them both. It's like sitting and standing, riding and walking. You can't do them both. You got to do one or the other. Because either you're going to love God and love what he about, or you're going to look and, and, and accept his arrangement and the way he set up things to do. It's called the kingdom of God, the way God do what he do. Or you're going to love the world and its way of doing what it do. And it's what it's so-called orderly arrangement or how he got things set up for you to do. You're going to do one or the other. We can't love God and love the world simultaneously. We can't love God and love the world simultaneously. That's because they are an absolute opposite to one another. They are in absolute opposition to one another. They are, it's like oil and water. Are you listening to me up in here? It's like a negative and a positive. They push away from one another. Are you listening to me up in here? And, then, and these two aren't the same. 
The Lord is against the world and the world is against God. The Lord is against living ungodly and the world is all in with living ungodly. And the world sets up things that's the total opposite of me and you. So therefore, the Bible tells us that if you love God, then you can't love the world like the world do. Turn to first chapter three. We'll start reading in verse seven. It says, little children, he's talking to me and you, let no man deceive you, fool you, gank you, trick you, run okey-doke on you. He that doth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He said, he that doth righteousness doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. No one say even as he is righteous, talking about even as, even as he is righteous. Praise God. Hallelujah. So if we righteous, we'll do righteous. If we righteous, we'll do righteous. I got any righteous folk in the house? Then the Bible's telling you what you'll do. You'll do righteous. Because if you're righteous, you'll do righteous. But let's look at the other side too. He that committed sin is all the devil. Praise God. You got to bear with me when I say it like that. That's the way I learned it. Praise God. When I was back in church a long, long, long time ago. Praise God. That's what the old man said it. Praise God. Whenever he told us about the devil, he said it like that. Praise God. So it's the way I see it when I read it. Praise God. He that committed sin is all the devil. <laughs> For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Included in that is sin and death. That he might destroy the works of the devil. That word destroy is the word loosen, untie. It means to loosen, untie, which is telling you a powerful thing. And that's that when we sin, we all bound up. When we in sin, we're all bound up. We become, we're in bondage to sin. We're in bondage when we sin. A lot of people think that, oh, I'm grown now. I'm free. I can do what I want to do. That's a life in the pit of hell. No, you limit what you do. You're in bondage when you think you're free in doing what you want to do. You actually, because the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, everything up is down and everything down is up. That's because this world is topsy-turvy. It's all, it's all twisted up. That's why when the Christians showed up in Antioch, that's what, what they testified about, talking about the people of Antioch, what they testified about is that the people have come here who, will turn, who have turned the world upside down. But it wasn't that the Christians was turning it upside down. Christians was turning it back right side up because everything is already upside down. We're trying to turn it right side up. Are you listening to me up in here? Now, it's upside down to them, but it's right to us. That's like it's upside down to them to be able to say, what do you mean? Why can't two men be with one another? They love one another. No, because they lust one another. You're looking at it upside down. Praise God, when you turn it back right side up, you see it the way it's supposed to be seen. Are you listening to me up in here? Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Just move on right. It says, he that committed sin is of the devil. Praise God. We did that. Verse 9. I just want to do it again. Praise God. It's nostalgic. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. Now, he follows that up with he came to destroy the works of the devil. He follows that up immediately with whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. The person that's born again is the person who has accepted the works that Jesus came to do. The person who has accepted the works that Jesus came to do to unloosen us, to, to, to unbind us from the things that used to bind us, to unloosen us from the things that used to unloosen us. And that includes sin, too. That's why it says, whosoever is born of God. I got anybody in here who's born of God? It says, whosoever born of God doth not commit sin. Whosoever of God does not, born again, doth not commit sin. It don't matter what you do. You're lying, your breath stink. Whoever is born of God doth not commit sin. Why is that? For his seed 
remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. His seed is left up in him. See, God dropped a seed up on the inside of you when you received, got born again. It was called the word of God. Amen. Just like the seed hit uh, the female uh, by the name of Mary, you know, Mary at that time, she was a virgin. Praise God. She wasn't virgin after that. Praise God. You don't keep calling somebody virgin if they wasn't virgin no more. Praise God. You don't keep calling people single after they got married. You call them married then. Praise God. Isn't that right? You don't say, here's a single woman. No, she ain't. She married. Praise God. And you don't say, this is the virgin married. No, she ain't. She wasn't very virgin no more. She was virgin on the first one. But all them other ones, she wasn't virgin no more. The first one was immaculate conception. The rest of them is just as sloppy and messy as everything else. Is anybody hearing me up in here? I know you don't want to work with that, but it's true anyway. Praise God. Amen. So quit calling out a name. Amen. That's not a name. Praise God. Anyway, point I'm trying to raise, a seed was dropped up on the inside of her, and then what was conceived was what God wanted to manifest in this world, and that was the, the Messiah, the one that was come to save me and you, the Savior, the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's who came to be able to save me and you. But that seed, is that same seed was dropped on the inside of me and you when we heard about him, because the word of God was dropped on the inside of me and you. The Bible teaches us in Peter that it's an incorruptible seed. It's a seed that remains on the inside of you, which means if you allow the word of God to remain on the inside of you, remember we learned last time they got to be engrafted into your heart. If you allow this thing to get engrafted in your heart and remain on the inside of you, it will begin to start causing something to happen on the inside of you that will put you in the position where you won't sin no more. This is powerful. You won't, you won't. Why? Because you won't have a heart to do it no more because your heart has now been consumed with what, who you are and what God wants you to do. Are you listening to me up in here? Hallelujah. He said you won't sin no more. Why is that? Because once you get plugged into the vine, come on, remember when you get plugged into the vine, praise God, that which is in the vine begins to push through you and produce that fruit off of you. So when you plug into a sinless savior, that is going to push through you and cause you a sinless, become a sinless saved person. No, y'all don't like this. That ain't possible. Oh, really? Keep your finger here. Go over to first John chapter two, because he's writing to his children. He's writing to his children. Let's read about it. Let's read about it. First John chapter two, verse one. My little children. He's talking about to the people that's boned again. I got anybody in here that's boned again? Ha! My little children. These things are, I write unto you that ye sin not. And when any man sin. Huh? And when any. If. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. See, the only reason why you put the word if in there is because there's a possibility of it not happening. Because I wrote this thing, the word, this seed, I'm going to drop on the inside of you so you sin not. I'm going to give you my law. I'm going to give you my teaching. I'm going to give you my doctrine. And if you allow that word to get engrafted on the inside of you and you water that word, take care of that word, nurture that word, protect yourself, protect it like I told you to do, it's going to bring forth a harvest in you and that's called sinlessness. Is there anybody in the house? Once again, let's go to practical then. I know you don't want to accept that. But is there anybody in the house up in here, up in here, up in here that used to do stuff that they don't do no more? Look at their hands. Look around, look around, look around, look around. The ones that don't have their hand up say, well, your day coming, your day coming. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. You can put your hands down now. And why was that? Because a seed got dropped on the inside of you. An incorruptible seed got put on the inside of you that put you in a position where as you start conducting yourself like you really are a child of God. Because that sinlessness from the vine starts pushing out and becomes yours and mine. And then before you know it, his mind is our mind. His thoughts are our thoughts. His ways are our ways. Hallelujah. 
And when his thoughts become our thoughts, his ways become our ways, then we'll conduct ourselves like he do too. But the problem is, brothers and sisters, instead of learning the word, getting up the word up on the inside of me and you, we sitting there watching everything on the boob tube and everything on TV rather than reading what God said to you and me. We're not putting his word up on the inside of us. Are you listening to me up in here? So we don't believe it's possible. So we don't lie, listen to the lies say you can't. Ain't no way you can live life without sinning. Shut up, fool. The Bible said you can. Praise God. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. And that's what we're supposed to do. Be plugged into the vine like we're supposed to so that we get to the point. Somebody say get to the point. Now, this ain't automatic. This ain't just because you become a Christian. Poof. You know, now I don't sin no more. No, 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 no. That's, that's not how this works. Praise God. It's a process. Somebody say process. But don't let me keep saying it's a process cause you to just stand on the outside of the process and be like, well, it's a process. No, when and get into the process. Praise God. And begin to start doing what you need to do to be able to make sure that this be you too. Is anybody hearing me up here? Go back to 1 John chapter 3. Back to 1 John chapter 3. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. He said in verse 8, Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Why? Because he know what God has to say. And, he, and because of that, he ain't like that no more. See, we're not the same person who we were prior to being born again. Can I get an amen in the house? We are not the same person that we were before we got boned again. Because before we were slaves of sin. But we've been set free. We've been loosened because the, the, the work of the Lord was to loosen us from all that we used to do. And that includes not only setting us free from the slave market of sin, but that's setting us free from the sin. That's not just setting us free from the slave market of sin. That's also setting us free from the sin. We're, we're, see, we were sons of disobedience before. Mm-hmm. But now we're sons of obedience. Say it in faith, if nothing else. Praise God. We're not the sons of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Hallelujah. I felt that drop. Praise God. Like, really? Yeah. At least say it in faith. Dang, faith come by in and say something. Ephesians chapter 2. Don't drop right there. Come on, come on, run with me. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed by what the Word of God had to say. I really hope that you're seeing what the Word of God says about God's desire for us to be like Him. I hope even more that you're seeing the importance of living our lives imitating Him like He wants me and you to do. Because if we do, then we'll do everything we need to do to be like Him so that we can live the awesome life that can only be lived when we live our lives imitating Him. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'd be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and check us out. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. If you need a ride, we'll be glad to come and get you. 
So come on through. I guarantee you it'll be a blessing to you when you do. And speaking of coming through, ladies, we invite all of the sisters in San Antonio and surrounding areas to come out to our Blessed Women of God Breakfast Fellowship this Saturday morning. It's an all-you-can-eat breakfast at the Brothers from Word of Faith. Prepare for the Sisters of Word of Faith. That's the best breakfast in town. It's one of my sisters that you don't want to turn down. Then after we feed you naturally, we're going to feed you spiritually too. With a powerful word from God, straight from heaven, just for the sisters. That's including you. There's no charge, but a free will offering will be taken. It starts at 9.30 a.m. sharp and it ends at 12 noon. Don't be late. That's if you want to play. Child care is provided at no charge. Neither I. VIP transportation services available for this too. Don't miss this awesome opportunity to allow the brothers of Word of Faith to treat you like the queens you are by preparing for you and serving you a breakfast fit for the royalty you are. So come on through and bring a couple sisters with you when you do. You'll be so glad you did, and they will too. So come on through and let us be a blessing to you at the Blessed Women of God Breakfast Fellowship this Saturday morning at Word of Faith SA. I guarantee that you'll be blessed. And since we're talking about coming through, we at Word of Faith are also having a special service this Sunday that I invite all of you to. That's called Each One Bring One. It's where everybody in the church brings at least one person to church with them to experience and enjoy a service at Word of Faith SA. I think everybody ought to experience a service at Word of Faith SA at least once. It's an experience that I don't think that anybody in San Antonio should miss. There'll be a special reception that follows each of the services in honor of your coming, where we're going to bless you naturally after blessing you spiritually. There'll be a cornucopia of culinary delights for your gastronomic enjoyment. That means there's going to be a whole lot of food all over the place for you, our guests to enjoy. So I invite everybody in our listening audience to be my one at the Each One Bring One this Sunday at either the 8 o'clock or the 11 o'clock service. So come on through and let us at Word of Faith be a blessing to you. And make sure that you introduce yourself to me after the service or at the reception and tell me that you're my one at the Each One Bring One. I'll be honored to meet you and to greet you. So come on. So please, please, please come on through. Be my one at the Each One Bring One. You'll be blessed if you do. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 